Welcome to Football Hot Boys, a show where two hot seamen talk about football, hockey, bags of junk, and concussions. That, that's, that's a record for a sink. It took us 41 seconds to sink, which I think is a, a new record for yeah, us. Yeah, it's a long time. It's a long time. Two years, we still got it down, man. Hell yeah. Who knew the hardest part of podcasting was going to be sinking? Was sinking, yeah. yeah. I didn't think that. Dude, uh, one, like we were talking about hockey before, uh, one of my dad's best friends growing up, uh, his son is, um, he's playing like the level of hockey like the Admirals play, so he's playing like the the like minor league hockey. The dude, first off, he just, he just looks like a middle linebacker and he has like 5% body fat. He's playing the <laughs> wrong sport. Huge, yeah. He's a huge fucking yeah, he's dude. He's playing the wrong sport. It, yeah. I would say everyone who plays hockey is playing the wrong sport. Cause like I said before, again, you're on essentially concrete, but it also hurts you cause it's colder than concrete. And you have blades on their feet. You don't have anything over your face and everyone you're playing with is equipped with a weapon. And the only person that had oh, and by the way, they're shooting a small round brick around the frozen, yeah, frozen <laughs> people, yeah. yeah, a frozen biscuit. Yeah, it's like it's literally the most dangerous like ball in all of sports. Maybe the isn't the cricket ball like a giant hard wooden ball or something like that? Something like so that. maybe that's more. Yeah, maybe that's more dangerous. I don't know a lacrosse ball but, too. Like I played lacrosse for a while, and that's just a solid rubber ball. Yeah, it's just, it's just hockey, other. but yeah. in the field. Yeah, and in the air. And people will just take more legitimate shots at you with the bat, baseball bat they carry around. Absolutely. But, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so when you you played hockey and lacrosse, mm-hmm. what? how much stick action did you get in in each? Like, what? how many body blows? Like, what, what sport has the most body blows with baseball bats? Oh, man, uh, lacrosse. 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 Yeah, because you can't, like, you can't really slash in hockey, right? You can like pull them and hook them a little bit with your stick. You can't trip mm-hmm. them, obviously, but like you can, you can get a little like cross checking in there against the boards. Mm-hmm. But lacrosse, they don't give a fuck. Like you can swing that stick at each other's wrists. You can hit each other's arms because you're just trying to hit that stick or hit that ball out of that out of that net. Like I broke a rib playing lacrosse. I didn't break any ribs playing hockey. Did you get your fucking inset? Is your brain turned around like that clip we watched before? <laughs> a, a couple times, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? Okay, so I've I've had too many concussions playing football. Did you ever have like one of those concussions where like you see just one color? No. Like like where you just see purple? Okay. No. Maybe that. The, so yeah, so I I only had the good kind of concussion where like um, everything turns purple and you hear church bells. No, so, I didn't. I didn't do that. Yeah. Like I've seen stars. Yeah. Like I've legit seen like the little like you mm-hmm. see like where, like you think it's worms, you know? Like you, mm-hmm. I've I've had that, but like I've never had like a, a specific color per se. But then like I was mm-hmm. always like the goon or the enforcer, right? Because I just like to mm-hmm. hit people. So like when shit was going down, or, like they were hitting like our like our our top players, they're just like nope. Peters, get out there. I'm just like, okay, later. Off I go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was that? Was that um, who was that? Avery. Uh, who was the, the famous enforcer that played for 20 years and all he did was fight guys? I mean, that's the new Tom uh, Wilson. Sean Avery. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, Sean Avery. That's, that's the new Tom Wilson. That's all Tom Wilson does. Or Ryan Reeves. Like that's what they do. They just go out there and just fuck people up. I think hockey is the only sport that plays pays someone on the team to go out there and then just deliberately not play that sport. Like, 
I, I, imagine if you had like a defensive back in football that his entire job was to go out there and get pass interference calls. Like he was just running out. He was just running, grab guys by the face mask and pull them down before the ball gets there. It, it wouldn't last. Yeah, it wouldn't last. No, but like, but that's such a different sport though, right? Because like mm-hmm. hockey is so physical where you like, you have to have that physical presence out there to show that like, Hey guys, like we're not going to take this shit laying down. Like you're not going to just lay out our, tar- our star players and we're going to be okay with it. Like we're going to do the same shit to you. Well, it's also the only sport where you can fight and they're just like kind of not okay with it. Same thing with it. Like, like lacrosse. Lacrosse is the same shit. Like you can fight in lacrosse and you just get a five minute major and move on with your life. I, like cause uh, what uh, Cortland Finnegan and Andre Johnson had that fight. Which is the closest thing yeah, to yeah, the line a of hockey fight? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, and they both had to leave. Yeah, like, they got ejected. No, in hockey, no. you have to leave, but then you, you just come back minutes. and do it again yeah, in a few you, minutes. You, you yeah, you set the timeout for five minutes. <laughs> hey, man, go sit in the corner for five minutes. Come back out when you're ready to start playing nice with people. <laughs> oh my god, you know what? Cortland Finnegan should come back in the league and just be that. Like his only job there is just to go fight people. It's just to get under people's skin. Yep, get out yeah. there, go, go no, piss no, no, him no. off. He doesn't even have to talk. He just has to go fight people, like just physically fight people. His job is to bait like uh, George AJ Brown and yeah, get, George yeah, Pickens. yeah, AJ Brown, George Pickens, and to get into a fight with them, and so they both get thrown out. <laughs> you pay him the veteran minimum, man. Like, I, see, we figured it out. That's we, it. We, we there, figured it the out. Yeah. There's the goon. There's the goon. Just defensive that back. Dude, that, that dude could still be making like 600 G's a year, just easy. going out there and fighting just dudes, man. Yeah, easy. Easy. He he could get George Pickens ejected just like at a, at a snap drop of a hat. Yeah, if you're, you're the Ravens, you play them twice a year. Yeah, go ahead and send them out there, man. Get George Pickens just, kicked yeah. out in the first quarter twice. Yep. Send out your fourth best DB and take out their wide receiver one. Great, great, great deal. Dude, now that I tell that story, Marcus Lattimore has done that like three times to Mike Evans. Like, like Mike Evans is like. Like a pro is pro. Like the dude is pretty unflappable. For some reason, when he plays Marcus Lattimore, that dude gets thrown out. Uh, like who a, else did he get to punch him? He got somebody else to punch him, like in practice. And no, some shit. The, the the other guy on that team that does that all the fucking time. Who's that slot corner? There are three names: uh, Gardner Johnson, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Yes, that dude. That dude gets people to fight him on the reg, That's, and I have no idea what he does. Yeah, yeah, like. At practice, I feel like I'm pretty sure it was at practice, right? Where he got like his own teammate to fucking slug him. D- didn't someone like? Yeah, he, he did that at practice. But didn't he also like? There was something with a mouth guard that he stole someone's mouth guard, or like he someone it grabbed it out of his yeah, mouth. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I remember that now. <laughs> yeah, that was the that was that was the Bears game, was it not? It was, I think it was, it was the Bears. Yeah, hold on. I'm, I'm gonna look that up. Like all things, Nicole, just make it look like we know everything. We don't have to look everything up. Yeah, while you're doing that, it was Javon Wims. It was Javon Wims. <laughs> That's who it was. Now, now I would normally say, "Hey, try to get a good player to do that to you." So when they get kicked out, you know, but it's a Bears receiving course, so there wasn't a ton of options at any point. So I love how we also have like left ourselves like four or five different like ways to segue into the draft, which is like the majority of the thing that we have to talk about. Oh yeah. Not taking it. We're, just talking, we're going to talk about Saints DB, DBs fighting dudes for the rest of this episode. I mean, I threw, I threw out the George Pickens fight because I've like I've watched George Pickens throw a D, like drag a DB off the sideline by the face mask and into the fucking wall behind the end zone. <laughs> Dude, like that might be the part of his career I'm looking forward to the most is is legitimately the the hockey fight part of of George Pickens, man. Head first into a wall. Play- like, I'm done with you. 
Well, and like the AFC North is the hockey fight division of the oh, NFL. No like everyone there is ready no, to fight. I mean, yeah. Miles Garrett took a helmet off and whacked somebody over the head with it. Like, yeah, he 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 literally. Oh my god, so many fights. I, I made all these jokes, but ah, oh, football isn't like dude, he tried to murder someone. <laughs> like that that wasn't even a fight. That was an attempted murder. <laughs> that, that was that was some wild shit. Like I've seen a lot of crazy shit, and that was that was up there. If you were if you took a strength test hammer and swung it at someone, you'd go to jail for it. But yes. Miles Garrett does not swing know, in a fucking helmet. Does not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Though we see George Pickens try to fight Miles Garrett. See how that goes for him. No one should ever try to fight no. Miles Garrett. If Miles no. Garrett comes and asks you for something and threatens to fight you, just give it to him. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Unless I'm a fucking house, grizzly bear. Whatever. If I'm a grizzly bear, I'm, I'll take that fight all day. But I'm not a grizzly bear, so like <laughs> I'm staying away well, from it's like all, you, you almost can't even get away with it being a grizzly, like a normal grizzly bear. You gotta be one of those two story tall grizzly bears from Elden Ring, and then maybe you stand a <laughs> chance. But like, <laughs> fuck those bears, by the way. Fuck those bears. I think they're legitimately the only enemy in the game I have not killed yet. Like, they, <laughs> they are See, completely ridiculous. Uh, I cheat. I shouldn't say I cheat because it's part of the game. I don't cheat, I just fucking kite them. As like a mage, well, I just a spellcaster. Yeah. I just kite him and I just throw shit at him. Blah blah. Oh, blah, I, I, blah, I don't have I don't day. have any spellcasting on my build. Yeah, so, yeah, I just, yeah. I just I just fucking kite and fuck him up the whole time. Oh, cheese in the game is part of the Dark Souls experience, yeah. man. Everyone's got to cheese a little bit. Yeah, that's like those fucking giants with great sword or the with the axes or great swords. I just fucking back up and watch this segue. Sp- speaking. Uh, He's getting ready to fight, trying to get stronger. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, that was better in my head. But <laughs> that, was, that was rough, but I'll, I'll go with that it. That was rough. Yeah, those pets are real life. Yeah. Uh, he suspended six games. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, I think, as brutal a blow to what was already kind of a floppy offense at the end of last year there. Um, it's amazing a team with that many weapons can be so uncreative with them. And uh, I think losing the one solid party, like well, they were one and four without him last year. So, and they, and they play in what is a slightly less impressive division than last year, but it's still a division that can fuck you up. It has Super Bowl champs in it. Yeah. So like, that's going to be rough news for, sorry, Clark's not here to fucking complain about it, but I'm sure he'll get his shots in. He'll have, he'll have six weeks to think about it. So oh, I'm sure. sure he'll have his opinion on it. Yeah. I mean, that just makes that, like, that Hollywood Brown scoop even more important. Like, granted, he's, like, he's never, he was never made or bred to be a wide receiver one, but if you didn't go get Hollywood Brown, who do you have to throw to with... A.J. Green and Rondell Moore, with and D, then yeah, some with, with guy named Wesley. Exactly. Like, yeah. it, it, was, it was a much bigger blow without Hollywood Brown trade. With, with, I should say without the Hollywood Brown trade. Which we'll get into in a second. What I'll say is, like, Cliff Kingsbury has been told for three seasons now, has been foretold for three seasons now, that he's some sort of creative offensive genius. And, well, now it's big-time adjustment. Um, I think if that team has any sort of brains, it's going to just, like, okay, James Conner time, let's go. And, like, and just pound people. Because otherwise, I... And they're gonna have to manufacture chest uh, touches with like Rondell Moore and, and Brown, like yeah, but, speed on the outside, power up the middle. But like, then that's, that's all you get do. is six weeks because James Conner can't stay healthy for the entire season. No, especially when you're giving him thirty carries exactly. a game, just then, right, right up into right. your so bad offensive line. So then you're gonna have line. him for six weeks, yeah. and then you're gonna get D Hop back, and you're gonna lose James Conner. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's a vicious circle, dude. 
So so we can kind of use that transition into, into the draft. Uh, so Hollywood Brown gets traded for what I believe was like the 23rd overall pick. Um, and there was some back end of the draft compensation. Clark is very excited about it. Hollywood Brown's one of his one of his Stoked. little baby players. The dude jumped out of yeah, his chair. And, he jumped out of his chair. Yeah. I, I saw it happen with my own two eyes. The dude, mm-hmm. grown-ass man sitting down, jumped out of his chair and was just like, whoa! And and that's when when one of your favorite players sort of ends up with your team. That, that special doesn't happen very often. But like, I I still think they overpaid for him. To be completely honest, yeah. I know he had a career year last year. He was over 90, 90 receptions. But like, a first overall pick, or excuse me, a first overall, a first round pick when that is roughly the same price that AJ Brown went a couple picks earlier. Like I I feel like that's a, that's a big time overpay. Like that's. Yeah the bones of several other receiver deals we've seen now that yeah, I just, Hollywood's not that level, For but sure. when you're desperate, man, got, got to pay it. Yeah. I mean like, and I'll probably get roasted for this one and that's okay. Like, so be it. Yeah. But like this was, if you were going to get a wide receiver, this was the draft class to do it. And I would, I would argue that there was probably a wide receiver that was still available that they could have taken that would have produced like Hollywood Brown. Now, granted, I'm not the biggest Hollywood Brown fan, but like Hollywood, neither, Hollywood Brown is always going to be a wide receiver too. He was made to be a wide receiver too. Like you could have drafted a wide receiver one in this draft class possibly, and not had to pay Hollywood Brown's contract or traded away your pick. So I, the the one pushback I will give you on that is is how the draft sort. I think one of the big stories of the first round was how the wide receiver market which we knew was going to be a big part of the first round. Like, like that was a big part of what we're talking about. Like, hey, receivers are going to be the value pick. Everyone's kind of down on it, but they agree that's a good receiver class. Those guys get pushed up. No one expected everyone to be gone by 18. Sure. Like everyone was gone. Um, and then we didn't see someone else go until the top of the second when Christian Watson went, which was like pick 34, 35, something like that. It, so I do think they were sitting in a dead zone. They knew they were sitting in a dead zone, and so they went and made that move. Sure, but you I mean still to, you, think that was a bit thirsty. But it absolutely yeah. is. Like you mean to tell me that Christian yeah. Watson couldn't possibly produce the same results as Hollywood Brown? I mean, we'll get we'll get, we will have a Christian Watson conversation here shortly. I'm just, but I'm just I, saying, I, I would like, still this, think this could, if, yeah, this could be a Hollywood Brown conversation at this point. But like, yeah, but you don't think you don't think Christian Watson could have produced or like. Had they, like, obviously they didn't, but, like, had they given, like, George Pickens a chance, like, you don't think he could have produced? George Pickens would have been where, if I pick between those guys, and I, because here's the thing, they made that move, Kime and Kingsbury, because they have to save their job. And so if you're asking me which one of those dudes I'm betting my job on, it's Hollywood because <laughs> he's been in the league and he's done the, and he's done those things and and he's he's buddies with my quarterback who I'm also trying to keep happy and in sure. the building. So there's a lot of little tendrils yeah, I get to it. that. I'm not going to argue that. I'm just, yeah. I'm just arguing production. Yeah, but, like you're you're yeah, trading away I mean, valuable valuable picks when you could have had arguably roughly the same production in a perfect world. Yeah, if if I'm secured my job and I'm running the Cardinals, it's not a move I make. Yes. Let's put let's put it that way. I'm in a football vacuum, I'm not ma- I'm not making that move. So, you know, we're late to the party here just because of our production schedule on 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 the draft recaps. So I don't feel like we have to go pick by pick or anything like that and talk about the draft. Those conversations are out there. I just when you think of this draft, Pete, like what is something that comes to mind? Like like what what is the biggest story of this draft to you? Would you say? 
man, the biggest story of this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, you want you want a you want a positive or you want a negative? Oh, whatever you got, boy. I think the negative is usually more fun to fuck around with. Uh, but whatever you got. The the negative. I think. I mean. I think the the NFL has roughly agreed with well, I'll just call it the fantasy community that the quarterbacks of this draft class are not worthy. Yeah, I mean that was like we knew they weren't going to be at the top of the draft. We knew this wasn't like a, a Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck sort of draft, but I don't think anyone expected it to be an EJ Manuel draft, <laughs> like where where everyone got pushed down so far. There was so much talk and love for Malik Willis. It is literally, I think, the most pub and discussion that has been made over a quarterback that ended up going in the third round that I think I can ever remember. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, I think it might just be for the best just based off that's where those guys were graded out as. And they actually went there. They, they didn't get a quarterback boost. Yeah. Like what they, they, they typically do. Um, and also, I think the teams that took them, specifically Ritter and Malik Willis, who are my two favorite quarterbacks in this draft and both went in the third round, like that frees those teams up, the Falcons with Ritter and uh, the Tennessee Titans, which I think is an entire discussion on to itself, uh, with Malik Willis, to try to develop those people. So, you know, I, I think where the Falcons got Ritter and where the Titans got Malik Willis, it, it, it frees them up to check these guys out, like give them the old run through, but doesn't like marry you to them. Yeah. So if you get in a situation next year where you get a quarterback, you can absolutely take the, the situation I think of uh, about that is the Panthers all those years ago took Jimmy Clausen, like of the high second, and then he immediately took Cam Newton the next year because like, oh, yeah, I know Jimmy Clausen's trash fuck that <laughs> we're gonna go with the high upside guy yeah so i i think that leaves those teams open and i think tennessee tennessee is super interesting because we should on tennessee all the time on this show for just being just like such a well-run team that is just so disappointing and boring and almost depressing to watch it's just constructed in a really dumb way and i feel like tennessee finally acknowledged that and did like pretty hard reboot to their franchise the, the the big move sending aj brown out for that first round pick that they turned it in, into Traylon burks yep. is god that's a whole podcast unto itself yep. how they 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 offered aj brown 16 million dollars which is like what the cheats chiefs signed sammy Watkins to like four years ago like that's a completely yeah. completely insulting number and he came back with a very reasonable 22 and then they shipped him right like that's and the crazy part is, is, like, in no way, shape, or form am I comparing Traylon Burks to AJ Brown right now? But they have like roughly the same measurables, which is which is wild. Like, Traylon Burks is is more like squishy than AJ Brown, but like they have roughly the same measurables, which is which is kind of crazy. Every human being that's ever existed is more squishy than AJ Brown. Oh, the dude I mean, is, the dude was it, working out with DK Metcalf. Like, uh, what do you expect? Yeah, like. Yeah, it, it, he's not a he's not a replaceable asset. And the thing is, when you, even when you're rebuilding, you need veterans to rebuild around. It's what creates locker rooms and cultures and offenses. In his case, so let me so let me ask I you still this. don't while we're yeah. while we're on the Desmond Ritter Malik Willis train before we get mm-hmm. derailed. How many wins does a team have to have before they're like drafting their replacement that they just took in the later rounds? So like so, how many so wins, are you saying how many wins so like Desmond Ritter, right? How many wins do mm-hmm. the Falcons have to have or how many 
how many games won do the Falcons have to have before they start before they start drafting their replacement of Desmond Ritter? When, what's the win cutoff? So he, I would just phrase it this way: I would say, he, so the Texans decided to go with Davis Mills again after he won three games. So I don't know how if it really matters how much he's how, how many wins they have. Well, it, I think it matters. It so matters for he, draft pick wise, right? Yes. So like draft so, pick wise. Yeah. So what I would say is it matters way more about where they uh, like how they play. Because if l- let's say Desmond Ritter goes out there and throws for like thirty three to thirty five hundred yards or something, tosses like twenty three touchdowns and eight interceptions, like has like a really really good rookie year, and then you end up with the third overall pick because the rest of your team is still pretty bad. You, I'm not necessarily agreeing with this, but you could go, oh, I have the third overall pick. I have a guy that I think can do this. Let's um, let's just ship this pick and let's get a Trey Lance pile of picks to give this to someone else who wants it more and roll Desmond Ritter, and then all of a sudden you use all those picks to build around Desmond Ritter. Sure. So I'm not sure if the wins is the right way to to phrase that question. I, I think especially with Malik Willis, where it's like Malik Willis just may not play all year, man. Like like Ryan Tannehill may have them in playoff contention, and that's maybe more important to them, and then. Ryan Tannehill is due is I think due like over a thirty five million dollar cap hit and get out of next year. That's when Malik Willis comes in. So Ryan the bottom would have to fall out of a very low bottom Ryan Tannehill experience in order for Malik Willis to get on the field. Desmond Desmond Ritter has a way way clearer path to the field than than Malik Willis does. Sure. What well, like what here like just just generalization? I would put it as like a six yeah. win team, right? Six wins, man. That that QB might might have some shit to worry about because they're going to be within range of a quarterback contention. Whereas like you get more than six wins on the team, now you're starting to drop down. That that pick wise, you might not have the chance for a top QB. So like you might have just saved yourself. So like if Desmond Ritter comes out and balls out. He might have just saved himself his future, right? Malik Willis I, comes out and just does not perform. Ah, Tennessee Titans might go a different route because they have nothing invested in him. So if Desmond Ritter drags that sorry-ass busted JV team of a Falcon squad to six wins, I think you give him that job. <laughs> like, sure. Because he, he, he's playing electric if that team is is getting six wins. that. That team is worse than the Jets were last year. That, that, that team is on the level of what, what I think Houston was talent-wise last, um, last year. So, And they won, what, three games? Somewhere so, there. Yeah, it, yeah, if you get six wins out of Desmond Ritter, man, fucking crown him, dude. So speaking of that, how do you feel as a Falcons fan about the Falcons draft? Let, let's do the, 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 the fan merry-go-round here. I don't hate it. Like, I, I yeah. don't hate it. Uh, where they took Drake London at eight, I feel like there's – uh, the better wide receiver or different wide receiver we could have picked. But, like, I understand what they're trying to accomplish. Like, we have Auden Tate at 6'5", Drake London at 6'5", and Kyle Pitts at 6'6". Like, our our height is, is going to be something that they're going to have to compete with regardless during the season. So, like, do I do I love the Drake London pick? No. But do I understand it? Yeah, and I'm okay with it. Um, as far as, like, the defensive guys we got, like Malone, 
that dude's tackling two people at once. Like, I'm cool with that. I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. all good. Uh, I can't even say his, the other dude's name. I'm not going to try. Uh, Arnold Debichetti. Yeah. yeah. Dude's yeah. also legit. Like, I'm okay with all those. Like, we're not very good at drafting pass rushers, uh, as we can see with, like, Vic Beasley, Tack McKinley. So, like, I have my reservations. I'm excited for these players, but, I, like, I have my reservations based on, like, past performance. Uh, Desmond Ritter, I'm, I'm – I'm excited about, but I'm going to keep uh, the the excited. I'm going to keep my reserve because, like, I really have been looking for a mobile quarterback for the Falcons, and, like, now we finally have one who has wheels. But it's like, ah, I don't want to get my hopes up too high because, like, he's going to be a project. He sails ducks. He's not the most accurate. But, like, God, he has wheels, and I'm okay with that. Uh, so, like, I don't yeah. love it, but I'll accept it. Uh, overall, like – I'm good. I'm, I'm excited for him. I'm excited to see the prospects. I'm, I'm excited to watch him. I wasn't excited to watch him last year. So, like, being excited to watch him again is fun just because it's like we could be explosive. It's a big difference. Or we yeah. could be trash, you know? So, like, I'm excited to watch it, but, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my hopes low. Well, like, that, that's one thing that, like, with the way they built that offense, it's like get in the red zone and then try to and then stop throw it up. somehow. Yeah. Throw it up. Yeah, it's like, it, it, which of these six five guys are you going to put a, put your biggest D ba- back on? Because we hit you from two other spots. We'll just like, go to the other yeah, one. So, yeah, yeah. So I, you guys are going to have a absolutely brutal uh, red zone offense if you have any sort of competence. If we can make it down there, play. yeah, if we can make it yeah. down there. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's the thing. <laughs> Moving the ball around the rest of the field, slightly skeptical, yeah. but we'll red zone, top notch. Yep. Um, with the Packers, I mean, we were all watching it together. You saw the emotional roller coaster <laughs> that I went on. Uh, I was not initially very happy with the uh, first night of the draft because Quay Walker is a weird pick, man. It's still a it little bit of a weird pick. Super is. Um, yeah, especially because for literally a decade, the Packers have not valued the players in the second level of their, of their defense. Like, it's just... It's not something they thought was important or needed to be addressed. They thought Blake Martinez. Blake Martinez was the fucking Tom Brady of middle of Packers, middle linebackers, man, and that dude sucks. So um, the fact that we paid one this offseason ten million a year for five years, and then we immediately go and spend our first our first first round draft pick on a guy to play next to him, very weird. Having digested it, it's like oh well, we were also bad during those ten years. Right. So maybe they they. One thing I'll say about about Goody is I do feel like he's willing to learn, like like he kind of corrects stuff as he goes, and at, so I'm hoping that's what we're doing here. We're loading up on the middle part of our defense and hoping that's going to carry us. I um I did not like not getting a receiver the first night initially, but I think Devontae Wyatt was one of the best values of the entire first round. I think he's the best interior pass rusher in the whole draft, and we got him way back near the end. Um, the Packers love to draft three techniques and then make them not play three technique and instead make them play five technique, which is exactly what they're going to do here. Um, but at least let's, let's move Kenny Clark back in the middle where he's elite as opposed to just good. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, I, I think they made a strength of our team even stronger and they played the board, I think more than I gave them credit for initially. The, the receivers, like we said earlier, the receivers went way earlier Super than, early. we, than we were expecting them to go, even though we thought they would go early. So they were a dead part of the draft. They didn't force it. Yep. The, the board come to them. They took good players that were there because the receivers got 
I pushed up. And they came back and they got Christian Watson, which was what I kind of wanted them to do at the top of the second. Christian Watson scares the fuck out of me. Like, like super does. Like he's, he's six, four, but doesn't really know how to play football super well. And he's really fast. Got a couple Um, drops too, which he's like a 12% drop rate, which is like a hilarious. It was the highest in college football, was it not? Yes, it was. So it, the fact that Brian Gutekunst literally has as part of his like wide receiver profile that he likes is cannot catch ball. Like I thought MBS, MBS was just yeah, a value pick. It. it turns out it, it turns out it was a fucking blueprint. Like that is literally what he likes out of a receiver, man. So it's like that is deeply concerning, but Christian Watson's so much more toolsy of a guy than MBS ever was. Sure. Um raw as fuck. Um I would have liked someone a little bit more polished considering what our window is. But I, the upside is just so fucking huge there. Yeah. That, like, I sure I'll gamble on it, whatever, man. And, um, I mean, didn't Devontae Adams have drops early on in his career as well? Like, yeah, dude, the, the dude had big time drops. Yeah. So that should get into his body bad. Yeah. And like, now, now he's like the number, the number one wide receiver. So, like, am I going to hold the drops against Christian Watson? Yeah. Maybe a little bit until I see otherwise. But, like, if he could get past it, that dude could be wild. And also, he got used more Debo Samuel-ishy than you would expect a dude that is as tall and thin as he is would be used. Yeah. So I expect to see him get some carries and stuff. And just like, I think he's going to like, even though he's raw, I think he's going to find a role early and I think it's going to be real good. Um, I thought we actually killed later parts of the draft with some of the offensive line picks that we did. Um, and I was super happy with Romeo Dubs. He was one of my favorite late round guys because he's one of those guys that is just, again, is literally the exact same thing can run straight really fast really tall questionable hands it's literally the same thing but he he's one of those guys that we haven't really seen him play football because he's hurt so much didn't so he get, get comp to healthy, jordy nelson yes yeah something yeah, like that okay. yeah he yeah six two two ten yeah yeah yep jordy nelson so yeah so I, I i'm super like i was really irritated the first night but with ruminating and seeing what the draft looked like complete like i'm super happy with the packers dead i think it was exactly what they what they needed um so yeah, you know, speaking of uh, offensive line, uh, I was mm-hmm. I was just looking for it somewhere. Uh, I saw the uh, the Falcons scooped up Mike Ravel uh, Ra- Mike Ravel's son. Is an undrafted free agent? As an undrafted free agent. So like that'll be interesting. Yeah, nepotism. Cool. <laughs> NFL doesn't have enough of that. Yeah, right. I can't like like I, Who would you- I can't find it, but like yeah, I'm pretty sure we mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we scooped up uh, Mike Ravel's son. Who do you think just had like a really bad weekend as far as the draft goes? Like, like either a player or a team or just like, like who's who's a, who's a who's a loser of this draft? Oh man, the loser of this draft. Oh man, we like fuck. Um, do I dare say the Seahawks? Dude, I've never seen uh, more wildly vacillating grades on a draft than I have from the Seahawks draft, man. People are all over the board on it. Like, uh, like what, what did you specifically hate about what the Seahawks did? Well, I mean, like, I, I can think of more bad things than they did good things, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, you, you took Kenneth Walker. Okay, cool. You still have Chris Carson. You still have Rashad Penny. You still have DJ Dallas. Like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? Right, like it's a. I tend to think that Chris. This means Chris Carson's dead. I mean, I would think so too. Um, so then you still have, yeah, you still have Rashad Penny who can't stay healthy, and DJ Dallas, and now you have Kenneth Walker. Like, then then get rid of the other two. 
Yeah, it, it's weird. And when you're, I think it's another situation where they think they're better than they are. And I always consider running backs in the first two rounds to be like luxury picks that good teams can do. Sure. Like I, I that's why I, it's one of the many reasons that I don't love the, the, the Jets Brees Hall thing. It's like, I just, you have so much more work to do on that roster. You traded up and you spent all this draft equity. But the Jets killed to get it. A guy. The Jets killed the draft. The Jets had a great Jets had a fantastic draft. Um, but like, I'm going to admit, like, it's easy when you have that many picks, but yeah. Yeah, but like your wide receivers yeah. got bumped up. All the defensive mm-hmm. players were bumped up. So like all the running backs fell. So like I understand that. Mm-hmm. I understand that part as well. But it's just like, okay, cool. You took you took Kenneth Walker. Who's your quarterback? What quarterbacks do you have? Drew Locke. Yeah. And you had a million swings at the quarterback. Million. You didn't too. do it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, your wide receivers, DK Metcalf, who is, I'm going to do air quotes here, quote, unquote, on the trade block or movable. You have Tyler Lockett. And then who else? Yep. You have Dwayne Estridge, who's a small guy and is not going to carry you in any sort of way. Tyler Lockett has a really bad contract that is going to need to come off the books here soon. I, I, I like Bull Melton, who's like, again, a late round guy, who's again, just kind of a, a, a toolsy speed dude. But like, again, are you, you going to roll you in have in that. offense? Or, yeah. You already have yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of fucking profiles, you, they just you, keep drafting the tiny, tiny fast guys over and over again. You already have that. Um, uh, you're, you're tight end. I get it. You got Noah Fant, but like Drew Locke has been throwing to him for well, years and we saw how that worked out. Well, and also they keep playing like Drew Disley, which is which is great. Right. Fantastic. So like you had him. so He's many bad. other things that you could have done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I, I don't know. I'm a little higher on them because I like the Charles cross boy, Mafe combo wombo. I think that's like a, a really good one too at the top of the draft, but like I was not a fan of how things went from there. Yes. Yeah, um, again, I, I love Kenneth Walker, but I just, I just don't like that team picking him there as, as a way to build a franchise. The, the the three teams that come to mind when I think losers is one I think the Patriots had the dumbest draft I think I've maybe ever seen a team have like especially a team that's supposed to be good, um, it, the infrastructure yeah, sure. has fallen yeah, yeah the, the infrastructure has fallen out of that team there's like five coaches on the roster there's no front office it's just Bill Belichick hanging around with his dog, uh, and his son when you have five coaches one of them's your kid, uh, by the way speaking of nepotism, um, <laughs> but like it, so. And he's and even when he had an infrastructure, he was not a good drafter. No, he's and he's drafting good dudes. Great yeah, coach, horrible drafter. Yeah, and he he cannot navigate a board to save his life. He's taking dudes from Chattanooga in the in the fucking twenties. Like, I, I thought it was gross. You have a million running backs. You draft two more, especially poor Pierre Strong, who I loved. And to see him die like that is just dead. Fucking brutal. And who was that yeah, quarterback uh, that they took? I'm just like, who the fuck is like, this? The guy they took before Sam Howell in the, in the fourth round. When you have a million, yeah, no. Get the fuck out of here with that noise. Then uh, they take Bailey Zappi. Zappi. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Bailey, Bailey Zappi. Real name. Not something that I just made up off the cuff. <laughs> real real human being. Yeah, it's wild. They had, they, had, they had to find a way to draft a quarterback with a dumber name than Jimmy Garoppolo, and they found a fucking way yeah. to do it. Congratulations. Other, setting records. The other one is the Bears. The Bears I struggle with. Bears a bad one. Bad. So the bear the problem is the Bears have a lot of fucking work to do because the last group of idiots that ran that team left the cupboard bear. And it's like, and they sold all the picks too, sure. so they didn't have anything to do. Yeah, but you I, took Vellis Jones when you could have had a whole plethora of other people. That was the pick that killed the whole draft. That pick was a pick that killed the whole draft. Wild. Like man. 
Like I'm yeah, not worried about his age. Whatever. Twenty five. This this entire draft class is older because of the COVID year and the extra year of eligibility. Mm. Like I'm not worried about him yeah. being twenty five. I'm worried about the prospect that you took over other prospects. Like, are you kidding me? Like Drake London over Garrett Wilson. Do I love it? No. Can I agree with it? Yes. But yeah. like Velas Jones over some other these other wide receivers. Like, come on, man. Yeah. So that and the fact that they just didn't invest in things to help uh, Justin Fields at all. Like, I get why they made some of the picks they did. I, I'm, I've said a couple times how much I love Kyler Gordon. So like, I, I thought that pick was good for them because they they need a corner. Everyone needs corners. Like, get one. Cool. Sure. But at the same time, it's like. You had a lot of opportunities to surround that guy and make him not basically ground beef for the entire year. Like, but no, no, you know, and, and, keep and now we run. have to watch him die. Yep, keep yep, making, keep him, making run. him run. Yep. Um, the team that I don't think is getting a, a, enough shit is actually the Giants because they killed the top of the draft. Um, but getting Kayvon Tribido and 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 uh, Evan Evan Neal Evan Neal and getting Evan Neal. Yeah, two of the best players in the whole draft. Awesome, super easy to do when you have two picks in the top five, sure. in the top ten. Yep, like I, I just not gonna. Lie. So good, you didn't fuck it up. But I thought everything after that was real stupid, especially the Wandell pick in the middle of the, uh, the high second round. Oh, you mean you don't like you have the, a be- you don't you have the better version of that player you, already you don't on like your the team? Kateri- the Kadarius Tony fucking replica. No, you, you, so I I hate that because. Kadarius Tony is way bigger and way more complete. Way better. Yeah. So, and it's like, it was a weird pick. Like, you could argue that the one kind of deep spot they have on their whole team is wide receiver. And you're Can you using though? premium picks. Can you though? Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone, I think Daniel Jones makes all those guys look terrible. Uh, <sighs> I, 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 I at least have some positive feelings about almost every dude in that in that room. I mean, Julian Shepard, Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay. Sterling Shepard yeah. can't stay healthy. Uh, mm-hmm. Same thing with Darius. She- like, I mean, then Kenny Galladay is not. You're not getting what you paid for with Kenny Galladay, and like you can't mm-hmm. blame all of that on Daniel Jones, right? And then Kadarius Tony. Like, I can they- blame most of it. I I. I can blame a whole fuckload of shit on Daniel Jones. I mean, man. you can blame a whole fuckload, but you can't blame mine. all of it, dude. And then, and then mm-hmm. you got Kadarius Tony in the doghouse because, well, I mean, you're the Giants and you don't want to put up with. He's with, a character. You don't want yeah. to put up with attitudes. Yeah. Like, like, okay, mm-hmm. sure. So then you go out and you draft his replacement, but you still haven't moved him. Like now you're well, now you're in, also now you you're drafted a worst player though. You're, like, you drafted a worst not, player. He's not a good player. But now you're yeah. now you're in the situation where the Browns are in, where they're going to have to eat. Baker Mayfield, because you have just you have just brought in his replacement, but you haven't moved him yet, and he's pissed off. So like mm-hmm. he was pissed off before he brought him in. Like it was like no one's gonna no one's gonna trade for him because they know that the value on him is low, and you're eventually gonna cut him. So they're just gonna swoop in when you cut him. Like Calvin Austin ended up falling really far in this draft. Like I think Calvin Austin's a, a way better version of that player. I would agree. Like it, it, he's way shiftier. Yeah, it, way it, shiftier. Yeah. And he and he's, he's he's thicker. He's more complete. Like I, I would agree. I, I thought that was a very weird pick, and I just didn't really love anything else. Did the whole draft? Like the draft is more than the first round. They did a great job in the first round, but everything else after that was just I think really disappointing to me. Um, and the last team I want to take a shit on is uh, the Jacksonville Trent Balkies, who had one of the grossest, dumbest drafts yeah, I think I've ever seen. In my I just leave life. them out of it because they 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 always fuck it up. They are always trash. Like. I, I don't even hate Trayvon Walker, man. Like he's a fine prospect, but number one overall, when like 
when you're in a situation as a team where you're bad and you're bad from about 13 different angles, literally the only thing you can do is not, the only thing you have to do is not miss. You don't have to maximize it. All you have to do is not miss. And then you go and take literally the riskiest first overall draft pick I can think of in my entire life. When the consensus number one was Aiden Hutchinson, just take him. Be done with it. Just take him. Who is like literally the safest number one overall pick that we've we've seen in a decade. Absolutely. Like it's – yeah. just So it it was – just just take him. Just take him. Or or take Evan Neal, who is like – a way more glaring addition to your team when you're trying to build around, you know, you know, sure. Trevor Lawrence. Yep. But like, again, this is the team that that paid twenty two million dollars, paid AJ Brown money to fucking Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk. Also so true. Like, don't expect them to make good choices. No. Paid Zay Jones, Michael Gallup money. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here with that. Like, because <laughs> he had a good four games. I'm still not. Maybe he likes the way he jumps naked out of hotel windows. I don't fucking know, <laughs> man. But listen, like, it's. I don't know. Yeah, that is. That's the most. Maybe one of the most perplexing free agent signings I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, the whole thing, like so, Christian Kirk paying Christian Kirk down at that amount of money. Like, come on, like you had so many other wide receiver options. Hmm. Well, and like. Even they jump back into the first round. They pay a fuckload to do it. And again, I don't want to shit on the prospect they took because he's fine. De- Devin Lloyd is a, is a good player. But the, you had to jump back up, give that much e- equity for an off-the-ball linebacker who, again, is an older guy. Like it's, it's, it's just a really, really weird pick for that team to make in that fashion. Especially when we, when we figured out how deep middle linebacker was in this draft man there's like quality middle linebackers going like into the fifth like, like yes. leo chanel went in the third and you jumped all the way up and paid all that just to go up and get devin lloyd like that was a gross move i think it was one of like the worst one of the worst trades of the entire draft only basically passed by every single trade the saints made which the saints made an absolutely obscene bleed of assets one of the worst bleed of assets i think i've ever seen yeah I don't know. um but yeah but yeah so fuck the jaguars man they they're garbage i can't wait for trent balky to be in the soup line it's gonna be a happy day if he ever makes it there like i'm not convinced that dude ever leaves god damn that team needs him to leave like you need a fucking vd infection to leave man <laughs> like god damn that fucking that franchise is septic. It's and they bad. need to get that dude out of there. Man. It's bad. So other other than the Jets, who had a who had a good draft? I mean, I, I like what the pack. I think the Ravens are the guys that jumped to my yep. mind right away. Ravens and the Eagles are the two that jumped. Eagles specifically because you got AJ Brown, which, which was better than anyone in the any player in the entire draft. Yep. The best player that found a new team that night was, was was AJ Brown, and they didn't really pay that much for him. They paid like a first and a third. It was a complete steal job. They already he has already signed into a deal, and then before that, you jump up and you take Jordan Davis, one of the most unique talents in the whole draft. And yeah, it's it, it, I think they absolutely murdered it. And the Baltimore Ravens had two first round draft picks, and then left with like four, five first round draft pick value players. Like it was. It, the way that people magically find their way to that team is is completely insane. You know, Kyle Hamilton, Tyler Linderbaum, um, you know, Travis Jones, you know, it, 
the fact that these players just keep falling to them is it, it, completely insane. Yeah. The the one that I would throw out there, uh, and we touched on it already, but it's the mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers. They had an interesting draft. Like, they, they very clearly have a vision for their offense. Yes. Uh, they didn't fix their, their O-line, which I was a little surprised about, but they they scooped about everything else. They build their off their O-line a little bit the way the Packers build, where they just keep drafting mid-round dudes and developing them. So I think they think they're going to develop some of the young guys they've taken over the past few years. I think that's an incredibly risky way to think and then try to bring up a rookie quarterback at the same time. Yeah, They, they I, didn't I, even draft an O-line, though. Like not this year. They didn't. Not they at didn't. all this year. Which is which they're, is wild. They're trusting the infrastructure they built on a bad offensive line, which is bold. And did I will you say that? Did you, here's a fun fact. Did you know they had three sets of brothers? That's an annoying football factoid. That yes, I've heard yeah. kicking around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Edwards's and Watts and some other one. Haywards. Haywards. Oh, that's right. There's another Hayward. Forgot about that. Yep. I also forgot that. Casey Hayward was Ironhead Hayward's kid. I like literally learned that last week, which is an, another embarrassing factoid that <laughs> I probably should have known. That's fucking Falcons royalty, man. Pretty much, man. Must be your guy. Pretty yeah. much. It is getting weird seeing all these kid, these guys that I watched growing up, and other kids are out there. Like it's Asante Samuel Jr. was like roughly one of the first ones. I'm just like, that was shit. bad. Asante Samuel was like my favorite DB on the Falcons, and now his son's playing. I'm just like, oh fuck. Also, if you had asked me when Asante Samuel retired, I would have said like 2016. Like I, I, I could have swore that that, that dude was just in the league. Nah. <laughs> like he probably retired like in 2005 or something like that. But for, but like yeah, for some reason, man, I, I could have swore that dude was like just in the league. That's crazy, man. It is crazy. Mm-hmm. Anything else from the draft that you can think that that, that sticks out to you? I mean, just the fallers. You know, like uh, I mean, I think I don't think it's any I don't think it's any surprise that Justin Ross didn't get didn't get drafted. I mean, the dude has fused vertebrae in his neck and is like one tackle away from death. So like, whoever drafts him or whoever signs him has to be okay with him dying on their watch. So like, that that doesn't necessarily surprise me that he didn't get drafted. Uh, I mean, I'm excited to see what he can do with the Chiefs, but like, I'm not expecting him to make the team. Um, so. So I, I kind of chasing that story down. I learned something about the NFL. Uh, I learned how much power those doctors have, because like the doctors can themselves inform the team they cannot draft a player. Yeah, and like which I was not aware was a dynamic. I thought it was like, hey, here's my report. Please take it into consideration. No, like doctors go, yeah, you can't draft this guy. Yeah, because it, it becomes like a legal yeah. issue, right? Because you become liable. I, 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 I don't know exactly if that's the case or not, but like it, 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 they they just say you cannot draft this guy. Be- and evidently that was the Justin Ross thing. Everyone's like, you can't draft this guy. Yeah, I mean, so, fused vertebrates in a, yeah. in a compressed C1, like... Yeah, dude, neck, neck injuries are fucking for real. We've seen it, and specifically the Packers, I, I can think of three different Packers players in my lifetime I've seen had their careers, and two of them... I, we could be maybe even argue three of them were on the way to the Hall of Fame when it happened. Sure, Nick Collins had his uh, Sterling Sharp and, and um, Michael Finley all all had their careers ended because their necks just stopped being necks. Like so, it's. I mean, look at Ryan Shades it, here. It's like, for real. One of the one of the greatest linebackers this Pittsburgh Steelers ever had mm-hmm. could have been Hall of Fame. Done. 
Mm-hmm. One tackle done. Well, not even like he was like done walking. Correct for a while. Like, like that was that was as bad of an injury the sport has ever seen. Correct. So like, yeah, I, I I get it. I just I'm just being I think naive about it. But God, I just really want to see him play, man. Like I just really loved watching him in college, and like it was. I mean, it, it would be dope to see him play, but like, is he ever going to be yeah. the same prospect that he was in his like his first two years? I, I mean, maybe not. He but he's six four and fast, man. Like, I, I I feel like you can you can carve out a role in the NFL doing that. Like, I think he has a chance to. Like a lot of those guys, man. Like, just the ability to get three years in, or three or four years, or whatever it takes to like become like defined as a veteran by the union is a big deal just for the rest of your life so like it, it so if you can just if you can just hang around and have himself a cup of coffee i think it like makes a big difference for him i mean so sure. do i think he's going to be randy moss like i thought he might have been when i watched him fucking house alabama in that national championship game what seemed like five years ago at this point no he's probably not going to be Definitely that guy not. ever again but um i just really want to see him play man i think he's in landing in the right spot it seems like a patient place it's a place that the wide receiver depth chart is not so commanding that he couldn't sneak on there. So I think if he's healthy, he makes a team. And I, 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 I would, I would love to see him at least stick, man. Like, I mean, we'll see. I, I mean, I wish the best for the mm-hmm. kid, but like, I, I don't want to see him get tackled and just have a freak die. accident land on his neck again. Yeah, like I, I don't ever die like, ah, like you can, you can go live the rest of your life doing something else, dude. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Don't don't coach an intern at at Clemson and go from that's there. That's it. Man. Don't like, put it out there on the yeah. on the football field. Like I get it, it's your passion, but like yeah, at the end of the day, like there's so much more to life than the sport you love. There's being able to walk yeah. and, lift, and being able yeah, to lift yeah, a spoon yeah. to your mouth. Yeah, like yeah, that's I get it. I, I still I still hope it works out for him, man. But like, yeah, you're right, man. Perspective. Uh, I mean, the other like the other obvious one was Nicobe Dean. Like, if that dude pans out, that's the biggest deal of the draft. That is the biggest deal well, of the draft. So he falls all the way to the third round, and like, it's weird because like, oh, he has all these injuries, and then the Kobe Dean comes out with, I don't have any injuries. So like, it's one of those things where it's like, then other people are saying, oh, you can redshirt him this entire year, and it's still a great value. But like, we don't have to though because he says he's not hurt. So I, I like, we're out on the other side of the draft, and we still don't know anything about what the fuck's up with this guy. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Injured shoulder. So refused like, to get it, refused to get surgery. I'm not injured. Okay, like what the fuck is happening? Which of these completely different things are true? Exactly. Like, yeah, someone's so lying to me, and I don't know who. Yeah, yet. someone. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, I mean that's that's the biggest deal, though. If if that one pans out, like that's the biggest deal. The w- one last thing I'll say about the draft is, um, I am completely exhausted by the presentation of the draft. I find it hideous. Yeah, I'm done. Um, yeah, I. That weird old guy that went up uh, to give that Vikings pick that the producer had to come up and tell, shut the fuck up, Ed. stop telling old guy Good stories. Old yeah, yeah, um, was both great and hyper obnoxious because, like, the process of a team going, that's the player one on my team, and us being able to hear them say that is hellish. It is roughly six hours long and completely unnecessary. Um, the cavalcade of nobody celebrities they bring up yeah. on the second late in the second day is pathetic and concerning and very much not fun to watch well on day three they, uh, while start, we were, they start pulling up like season ticket holders like come on man yeah it's like hey this was an extra in a captain america movie from fucking yeah. six years Stop. ago here it's, yeah and it's 
we like we said on draft day, we're just going to invent a draft robot, and his job is to go out there and just go Nakobe Dean, and then just zip back Makes on big. his little. Thanks, uh, draft bot. Yeah, thanks, draft bot man. You guys are doing it great. That second day takes ninety minutes, just enough time to get drunk and enjoy it. Like, get That's the fuck it. out of here. Let's man. go. Like, yeah. I forget her name, but she's the VP of something, right? And she just comes yeah. out, and she reads the card, and she walks back. Yeah, well, thank you, thank she's, you, draft she's bot. The, the, yeah, she's a prototype draft bot, man. That's, that's what we need. Yeah. She's my favorite. But no, we, yeah, yeah. But we have this fucking good morning football blockhead that goes out there and, and eats a chicken wing. Kyle Brandt. Like, yeah, I ate a chicken wing. Holy fuck. It's blowing my mind. I'm it's a like, Bears no, fan, but fucking go Bills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, I, I don't get it, man. Yeah. Nah, <laughs> I don't either. Who, who likes that? Who likes that? I mean, the the drunk assholes that are there. Like, I'm sure they enjoy it. I there's like some sort of mentality that when people get to a high enough level of running thing, where they just like forget what it's like to be a human being, or they assume like they assume qualities about the people they're selling stuff to that um, aren't true about humans. Like, uh, an administrator came down in the hospital I worked at because like. Working in healthcare really sucks right now. I'm not going to go on a 20 minute rant on why it does, but it's it's pretty brutal. Um, so these administrators came down, it's like, hey, we just wanted to thank you for everything. We brought you these little things, and they gave us like a bag of chips, and then they give us this doggy bag, and it has like this like weird poem in it, and like it's like this penny represents your work ethic, and this pencil eraser represents blah blah, blah and all this kind of stuff. And so it has that poem, and then it has this like collection of like a piece of bubble gum and a penny and a pencil eraser. And like they leave, and I'm standing. Did the administrator just come down and hand us a fucking bag of junk? Yeah. And expect us to have like some sort of fucking feeling for it? Yes. Like what lizard lizard brain person thought that was going to reach anyone here's like, this, here's i'm this so touched penny, by this bag this of eraser. crap that's gonna make you feel yeah, better just, about being here i'm definitely not gonna leave this job for an agency that pays me three times as much like yeah that's that, that's definitely but they may pay me money but this but they gave me a doggy bag full of garbage and they made so, me like, feel they really good. love me and they made and they wrote me a poem yeah, it's like what the f- <laughs> fuck? It's the same thing with this draft, man, where it's like who thinks that we want to in the Midwest watch some guy in Vegas like get out of a straight jacket or listen to Santana fucking wail away on uh, uh, for yeah, a guitar I don't care. solo or do that yeah, live. Like, I, I'd, cut that for me at home. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like just just have Roger Goodell and Draftbot go up there and tell me where my dudes are going. Like I, I it, that's why I'm here, man. There's enough drama in that event. You don't need to fucking turn it into a circus, man. Exactly. Like so. I, and then you have I'm like done with that. Part and of the then draft. you have like the the elaborate introductions where they pull in people from like different foundations, and then they have to present their foundation before they get to present your draft pick. I'm like, dude, like I get it. Your foundation mm-hmm. probably doing some good shit. I don't care in this moment because you have the card that I want to read. Just fucking say it. Yeah, we have to hear about the the gay football league. Gay football uh, league before the yeah, gay, yeah. gay flag football like league. That, yes, which is fine organization. I support what it stands for, but go I just, just want to hear. But just yes, tell me, yeah. just tell me my card. Yeah. Tell me who they fucking took. Yeah, I just want to hear about Trey McBride. Yeah, like that's that's why I'm here, man. Pay for an advertisement yeah. on a on a commercial that I don't care about. Yeah. Do your thing. Show me or some. Give fo- it to him. I, 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 Show me some yeah. gay flag football on a commercial. I'll watch that. Don't yeah, do like, it. Don't do it just before my pick. 
I actually am extremely curious about what that league looks like. But yeah. You got anything else? We should wrap yeah. this shit up. Yeah, I think we should wrap this shit up. I just hit a wall, man. I'm fucking exhausted. Let's wrap this shit up so I can get uh, so I can get Damian <laughs> yeah. Woods in here for like ten minutes. So yeah, man. Just like shoot. Yeah, this is just like yeah, we should shit a little bit, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us for another episode of the Post Draft uh, Hot Boys over here. Um, it's been nice getting Pete back for a few episodes. Uh, we're losing Cody here for a little bit in a term amount of time, but uh, Clark and Pete should be back next week, and hopefully you guys are too. So until next time, say hi there, boys and girls. Later. Later.